0: Man, before we uh, take up the offering, I'm going to share a few things concerning the offering that the Lord laid upon my heart. And, uh, you know, normally I don't do a lot of preaching or teaching on giving. When we talk about taking up the tithe and the offering, um, you know, pastors and ministers have been so accused that they're just after the money. That you kind of just stay away from it, you know. You just kind of don't even touch it. And the Lord really, really put it on my heart. I don't know if you guys noticed. Did you guys notice a word that was used throughout this the service today? A theme in the singing, the music. It was really the word "give." Did you? Did you guys? I. I, I It was really, really obvious to me from the very you know how Jesus gave it all. You know, at the very beginning, the, the the song was how he gave it all, uh, and then we moved into that other song about how he doesn't relent until he has all of us, and he's wanting us to give ourselves, you know, as he has given, so we give back to him, and and then the the um, the, the the last song, and, and even what Alger shared about God, how God gave it all, he he did it all, it's finished, and uh, there's this theme of giving. And um, many times when we take up the tithe and the offering, we even talk about. I know Tom's mentioned how we, when we give of our money, our resources, we're we're actually uh, giving uh, our. We're becoming weak on purpose. We're we're giving we're giving our power away. You know, money in our culture is power, and this isn't just about money. This isn't just about giving. Is not just about money. Can I have an amen on that? I mean, we give of ourselves. Uh, you know, we we give of our resources. We give of our talents. And it's not just about money; it's really about giving of our life. Amen. And but we've talked about during the offering many times how we're assaulting poverty in our region by our giving. Literally, when I give, I assault poverty, lack. I assault that with faith by giving. I give out of faith. I give out of love, and and I assault poverty. And uh, there was a challenge in Malachi that, that God gave through the prophet Malachi that I'm going to share, and I'm going to talk about how, how, about some things that the Lord laid upon my heart concerning this. Are you guys open for that? Are you guys ready to receive what the Word of God says? Amen? Uh, in Malachi 3, it says, will a man rob God? Yet you, you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you in tithes and offerings? You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. And then he says, bring in the whole tithe. or The word tithe means tenth. Bring in the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. The only place in the word of God where God says you can test him in this. This is the only place in the word where it says test him. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, and pour out so much blessing, is anybody in the blessing business? And pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. Over and above, wow. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. I think in our vernacular, I will prevent f- pests from destroying your cars and your your stuff in your home. <laughs> Anybody have anything break down every now and then? I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the wine in your fields will not or excuse me, and the grapes And the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. All the nations will call you blessed. The people in our region will call you blessed. And so there's this thing of robbing God of the tithes and offering. Now tithes is the 10th. And offerings is stuff that goes beyond the tenth that God lays on your heart to do. And here's what I've done. I've I've seen this example uh, not too long ago. The ten apples represent the resources that God gives you. And the Bible says that the first fruits, the first apple belongs to the Lord. This is his apple. It belongs to him. It does not belong to you at all. And he says, bring this apple to the storehouse, that there might be food, that there might be needs met in the body of Christ, that there may be needs met. Bring that and offer it unto the Lord. That's his. Okay? And God says, all the other nine apples, the other 90%, he says, you can pay your bills and you can meet your family's needs and you can buy cars and you can deal with this stuff. As a matter of fact, he then says, maybe give an offering from that other 90% that you might give an offering to others in need or to some special Honduras fund or whatever, you know, we're, we're, we're in the Christmas season here, but this one belongs to God. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's his. Yes. Actually, if the truth were known, they're all his. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. He just allows you to use these. So ownership really is his. Everything comes from the Lord, the Bible says. But this is his. But here's what we end up doing, is we take this one, this one, this one, this one, and then we sometimes give him this one, if there's enough left over. Or what we do is we give him this one. Down here. Or we don't budget and structure our finances well, and we start to eat the Lord's. Man, that's a good apple. (laughs) I spent 10 bucks on them apples. Or we don't eat that one, but what we... Reduce his apple to, and this one, we start eating the one that is even not even. And what we do, (laughs) that apple is not near as good. (laughs) And we take from the Lord. I heard somebody say it one time, give what is right to the Lord, not what is left. Now, when I think of this, if I keep eating, we end up giving God the core of what's left over. And what's that in comparison to the cross? You guys are so, you're wanting my apples, aren't you? No, Chris, you cannot have one. God provides seed for the sower. Ooh, I mean, I'm hungry. Yes, you can have one after service, not right now. What is the Lord's? When the bills come due, we start eating of the Lord's seed. And the Bible says that he is the one that gives seed for the sower. If you don't have seed and you don't have money, you're probably not a sower. You're probably not, you're probably not giving to God what's his. I really don't want to eat that apple because it's the Lord's, but that one is really, really good. So my question is, in light of what God has given you as we've served the Lord's table, I am not trying to guilt anyone. I'm trying to bring a revelation as I chew. If you're going to assault poverty in 2013 and your lack, it's going to be not taking bites out of the Lord's apple. It's going to be not taking and giving him a little. It's not going to be giving him part of the core. But the Bible says that a tenth belongs to the Lord. About 10 years ago, my wife and I inherited $10,000. And I remember giving $1,000 to the house of God. That I, I, I remember it being exciting. Her, grand, her grandmother died, and we were very blessed. And that was a huge amount of money. Huge amount of money. And I remember giving the tenth of that to the Lord. I know people give their tax returns. They give a 10%. They give unto the Lord. My son just today tithed of his Christmas money because the first fruit belongs to God. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I will say my wife and I have been tithing ever since we got married, and there has never, ever, ever been lack. Even when my salary was cut in half to go full-time into the ministry, actually more than half. There has never been lack. There has always been provision in God. Many of you gave to Karen and I even for a vacation. The resource of the Lord, there is was, there was giving in this church. You guys bless Tom and Michelle this year. And I think God is wanting us to increase our giving to assault poverty and see the kingdom of God advance. Can I have an amen on that? Don't take this apple lightly. Do not take this apple lightly. It belongs to God. I am not, well, I don't want your apple. I could go into a teaching on tithing that it belongs to the sore Many people give this apple to other ministries and other people as they see fit. But you know what? That's totally unscriptural. Matter of fact, you're to give and to trust and release it and trust God with the 10% where it goes and what God's men who are in leadership do with it be honest with you, That's what the word is. But what we try to do is we try to dictate where that money goes. And we say we want it to go to Honduras. We want it to go this place. We want it to go to this family that needs. And we begin to be the priest. And we dictate where it goes. But trust in God is I give it and I trust God to do what he says. And if it's being done wrong, God will correct. Because we trust in his sovereignty and who he is. And we trust that God will correct when it's not. Hmm. So, where are you going to be in 2013? Are you going to give of his or give of yours? Hmm. Interesting. Anybody tempted to do that all the time? I'm tempted to do it. I feel so guilty. I want that apple so bad, but I don't want to eat it. That's the Lord's. All right. So, if we could have the ushers come forward. Please, the Bible says that we are to give not out of compulsion, but out of love, I'm even going to preach today in relationship to giving. But it's not from the perspective of that we need to give, it's coming from the perspective of discovering the character of God in that He is a giver. Okay? And so, Father, right now, as we continue to learn how to surrender all of us, I want to be an extravagant giver, and I want to give what rightfully belongs to you. And Lord, I want to be a man who gives offerings. I want to be a man, and our family, God, we want to be people who put your kingdom above our own kingdom. May your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I don't want my kingdom to come. I want your kingdom to come. And so, Father, I pray that you would forgive us how we have robbed you, And God, I pray that you would convict us and challenge us, Lord, to put everything into priority as we move into the new year. Because God, I see and I feel that you're trying to move us from childhood to adulthood in the realm of the Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us, guide us, direct us. May you bless and further the kingdom in Jesus' name through this offering. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Praise the Lord. All right. I will not hand any of those apples out so that you're not distracted. (laughs) Oh, yes, flip 180. If you're a fifth through seventh grader, you can be released at this point in time. You guys didn't get quiet on me because you got convicted, did you? You guys are awful quiet. You're going to have to help me. I, I, I need participation in my preaching. Amen. Has anybody else found God to be faithful in the area of tithing and giving and, and meeting your needs? Yeah. Amen. Good. Wow, the last Sunday of 2013, and we've been talking about the character of God. Isn't that a great picture? I found that on the internet, and I like that. We'll just keep that up for, there for a minute. Um, Got to get my clicker out of my pocket. You know, um, several people have asked me, "Is Eric, are you still preaching on refusing rejection?" As I've moved into the character of God, and I keep telling people, "Yes, I am still assaulting a spirit of rejection that's in our lives and has tried to operate in our lives." And I'm still on that that message or that theme because, you know, rejection says, "I don't." Uh, rejection says, uh, "You're not loved." You're not accepted, you're not valued. And many times we feel I mean, we've went through the holiday season, and uh, I, uh, I, I'm sure that some of you maybe have felt a little rejected even by family or whatever, as you've went through the family gatherings and, and everything. But um, rejection says you don't belong, you're not accepted. It is the denial of love and acceptance and being valued. And when you feel rejected by people, you feel unloved, you withdraw. You, you withdraw from people, you withdraw from others, and we're still assaulting that through, uh, through this message of the character of God. But right now we're on this quest to get our love tank filled up by God and not by people. People are good, and I believe that I can reflect the glory of God, and I can love and accept you, and I can can reflect his glory in making you feel accepted and loved, but we ultimately have got to begin to get it from our Heavenly Father. Can I have an amen on that? If we're going to assault rejection, we're we're going to destroy its influence in our life, we have got to move on and get our love tank filled up by God. And so I realize I can reflect that, but really the quest right now is as we're seeking the character of God, that is where we're going to get and destroy this spirit of rejection, okay? And so ultimately, that is how a spirit of rejection is, de- is, is, de- is I wanted to say dejected, is, is destroyed or defeated in your life. We, we read several weeks ago out of Ephesians 3, Uh, three nine and excuse me colossians nine and and, um, gosh i'm getting my thoughts messed up colossians three nine and ten it says don't lie to yourself any longer by putting on the old self but put on the new man that is being renewed in the revelation knowledge of who god is and so we're on this pursuit of seeking the revelation knowledge of who god is and so that's what is, why, what's driving me to move towards the character of God and dis- discovering his character so that we can destroy this rejection. And I'm still having problems with apples. Pardon me. Man, swallow. Bear with me. But ultimately, a spirit of rejection is defeated when you accept, hear me, guys, A spirit of rejection is ultimately defeated when you accept God's valuation of you rather than man's valuation of you. I'm going to say that again. A spirit of rejection will ultimately be destroyed and defeated in your life When you get a revelation of God's valuation of you rather than man's valuation of you. We see it with teenagers all the time. Teenagers are constantly trying to get their valuation, their value from what other teenagers think. Is that not true? How they do their hair, how they do their makeup, how they do their sports, how they do whatever. They get their their valuation many times from their peers. Is that true? Well, we're not far from that. We do the same thing as adults. And so when we don't get the acceptance and we don't get the value from people because of what we wear, what we have, or what we do, we get feeling rejected. But we have got to get this thing of what is God's valuation of you? What is he thinking of you, not what is Eric or someone else thinking of you? Amen? And so... If you do not get a revelation of how God feels about you, you will always, everybody say always, if you do not get God's valuation of you, you will always feel rejected by people. If you don't get a revelation of how God feels about you and how he sees you and who he really is, you will always feel rejected. It, would just come. it will just come. It will blow, that wind will blow by you, and you will get rejected. You will feel rejected if you don't get this revelation. So, we've been on this quest to discover the character of God. Many have asked me, again, are we still on it? Yes, we're on it. But I want to go into the character of God. Now, the journey, it's kind of funny, this past week, how many were busy? Well, my emails and my text is, my texts, excuse me, Can't blame that one on apple. They shut off this week when it came to the character of God. I mean, it went silent. Why? Just like me. We were busy. Monday, Christmas Eve, Tuesday, Christmas, Wednesday, dinners, back to work, kids home. Was anybody's life a little crazy this week? Come on. Is anybody awake out there? And it's amazing, I didn't get any character of God texts or emails this week. None. Zero. Now, that's not to whip you. We're just talking about a real reality. Because even myself, I'm going to show you a journey that I've been on over the last couple weeks in discovering the character of God. And that right there is a picture that I love of Jesus. I tried to also find the one that that girl made, but I didn't find it. But we're, we're talking about the character of God. And the big question is, how are you doing at seeking a revelation of the character of our God so that we can destroy rejection in our lives? How are you doing? Truly. I know there's been many, many distractions. For me this week, even on Thursday as I went downstairs to study and to pray and seek the Lord on uh, his character, I thought I was going to go one direction and I went another direction, but I fell asleep. Rebecca was upstairs watching TV. Abe got home from practice. The, the, Joel and Sasha were gone. And I was supposed to be down there studying. And I'm going, Brrr. I mean, I couldn't keep my eyes open. That was a distraction. But what does Jesus say about Oh, helps to turn it on. Nope, yep, it's on. It's not advancing. We're going to go into what does, is the character of God. Can you guys help me? For some reason, the clicker is not working. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey. What I thought I was going to share and preach on today was a spirit of adoption, and how, and Alger just began to touch about on it with communion, how we have been made sons and daughters. We've been, we have been given the opportunity to be sons and daughters. And I thought I was going to talk today about a spirit of adoption, but where I went was a little different. God kept bringing up John 3.16 in my heart, I mean over and over and over God kept bringing John three sixteen. It's a very familiar passage. It's one most people are but most people have memorized. Believe it or not I had a call last year around the playoff times of the football games. I actually had somebody call me not in our church in in the community and said hey I just have a question. What why do they hold up John three sixteen? 16 and what, what does that mean? That's the first time I'd ever had that happen. Most people know what John 3, 16, but in in our culture, it's becoming less and less. But this scripture, look at it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, what word sticks out to you? Just anybody. It's going to be different for all of you. Loved. Okay. Anybody else? Gave. Okay. Anything else? His own? His own. Anything else? only, I mean? Okay. Well, typically for me, I've probably dwelled right there about his love, but that word gave kept just sticking out to me. It has for the last couple weeks. I've talked to several people about it. And it's like, Lord, what is it that you want me to know about gave? Because that sounds so simple. Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take you a little bit on my journey because I'm really, not only am I wanting to preach about gave or giving, but I'm also wanting to show you one way, not the only way, everybody say one way, one way of how we are to discover the character of God and how I do it and what I do in my personal time at home, I'm gonna take you on a journey of kind of a step-by-step process in this message, if you don't mind, because what I've found is I've been talking to people over the character of God. Most people don't know how to study the Bible and they don't know how to, to get light bulbs to come on. They think just reading the Bible as a novel that, man, something should come on. That's not the way it works for me I'm gonna show you how it works for me. You may need to try something else, but this is the journey. So you guys okay with going with me on a journey? Okay, so, so here's what happens to me. God highlights the word gave. And for some reason, it was, hey, he's wanting me to know something. I know God's wanting to bring me, Eric Hayler, a revelation of give. And so I thought I had a revelation of giving. I've always been a giver. But God was wanting me to understand his character as giver, okay? So, I began to get into the word. God is a giver. Everybody say that with me. God is a giver. The character of God, God is a giver. Do you know that revelation? I thought I did. Now, here's here's what I do, okay? You see that word, and maybe Sasha knows Greek. How do you pronounce that, Sasha? Sasha? Say that again loud. Didomi. Excellent. He is, he is from Cyprus. He knows Greek. He's been living with us over the last three weeks. He's, he plays basketball with Joel up at Hope College. Now, what does didomi me mean? Gave. <laughs> Good. That is the Greek word in the Bible of that word in John 3.16 is didomi. Now, didomi mean nothing to me. So when I look up the Strong's number of 1325, now here's what I want to say. If you don't have a Strong's concordance or you don't have a computer, every believer needs a Strong's concordance or a Bible program. You can go online, freeonlinebible.com and some other things, and we've talked about that in the past. You need this stuff in order to figure out the character of God. Can I have an amen on that? Does anybody have, believe that? Because this is how I began to journey and discover God in this process. Now, in the Strong's Concordance, it gives me adjectives describing God as giver. And these are the words in that Strong's. Adventure, bestow, commit, deliver, grant, suffer, yield. Do do you really think any of those words have anything in common? Literally, ditto me, as, as Sasha would say, That word broken down into adjectives means to adventure, to bestow, to commit, to deliver, to grant, to suffer, to yield. Now, to me, what I do is I go, okay, God, what in the world does that mean? As I'm trying to discover the character and the attribute of God in discovering the beauty of his holiness, there's something about God in him as giver that I need to discover. And so here's what I did. I start breaking those words down. And the word to give means to turn over the possession or control of to someone without cost. Read that again. To turn over the possession or control of something to someone. We give up our control of our money. Do we not? I was hungry again, sorry. The word give means to turn over the possession. God turned over his son to us and for us at no cost to us. Think about that. Does that do anything for anybody? It did something for me. God turned over his son to us and for us at no cost to us. The cost was on his side. I'm going to stop right there. You need to think about that for a while. he gave the gift of his son to you at no cost. God gave. Everybody say, God gave. His son to me. At no cost. How many of you connect your giving? I'll give this to somebody because later I hope to get something back. I have so many people I've come across. Oh, I'll help them this week because maybe later I'll need their help. So there's really a cost, there's a cost given with the gift. To turn over the possession or control of to someone without cost, God began to stir my heart. So that was the first one, as I began to meditate on that thought that God gave his son to me and for me at no cost. It was free. It wasn't free to him, was it? The second word, adventure. You're going to see where I'm going with this. Adventure, if you look up the word adventure, it's an exciting and dangerous undertaking often out of a romantic nature. <laughs> God gave his son an adventure, an exciting and dangerous undertaking with a romantic connotation. He lived dangerously with his giving. Matter of fact, he gave his very life On a romantic adventure for you. Does that mean anything to anybody? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He took an exciting and dangerous adventure with a romantic interest in you. God so loved, he had a romantic interest in you, and he was willing to take an adventure and a dangerous adventure to lay his life down for love, for relationship. I can't give you my revelation. But that makes me want to shout. Shout. That he's seen it as an adventure. He's seen it as a love quest. He's seen it as I'm willing to give dangerously for my romantic interest of my children. Wanting them. Father, would you download Revelation in our hearts? That you had a romantic interest in me. (laughs) That may sound corny to you, but I'm telling you, God loves extravagantly and he gives extravagantly. He gave his son extravagantly, dangerously. That was the second word. Third word was bestow. That means to give or present as a gift. The word commit means to give in charge or trust to another, to hand over to someone for a purpose. God handed over his son to to us for a purpose, to redeem mankind to make a romantic relationship with you. God is romantic. You want to know his character? He was the first romantic one. I've got a lot to learn. Any of you other guys? What's that do for you, Shelly? God's romantic for you. Puzzled makes me puzzled. And so, therefore, I have to chew and I have to pray and say, God, what are you trying to speak to my heart? When you say you're committing Jesus to me, your are adventure to him. It's a romantic adventure. The other words, suffer goes along with giving. Has anybody ever suffered in their giving? To undergo something painful, unpleasant, grief, or loss for who? In the word didomi? In the Greek word, did I say it right? Didomi? Nope, I didn't say it right, Sasha says. I'm not a Greek scholar. Did Jesus undergo suffering? I even love the next one, yield implies giving way under the pressure or compulsion of force or the persuasion of love, that love compelled him, love forced him to give. Love persuaded him to yield his life and to give his son that we celebrate the table of today. Okay. Here's what I say, love makes you give. Everybody say that. Love makes you give. God's love is connected to his giving, but God's giving is connected to his loving. (laughs) Real profound, huh? (laughs) God's love is connected to his giving, but God's giving is connected to his loving. (laughs) Love makes you a giver. Are you a giver? (laughs) Well, here's what I, as I began to meditate on these words, I then began to go to other scriptures about God giving. And you may want to write some of these scriptures down because I'm going to go through them quick. I'm just going to give an abbreviated highlight of what what he gave. But you may want to take these because these are the ones I've been meditating on over the last couple weeks, to begin to discover God as giver. Because once I discover God as giver, what then happens? Say that again. I begin to reflect that glory. If I never get a revelation of God as giver, I never become a giver. If I see God as a taker and stingy and a scrooge, guess what I'll be? If I don't see God as forgiving... Guess what I don't do to other people? If God holds grudges, and his character is he holds grudges, guess what you do? If you think God has rejected you, what do you think you do to other people? So if I'm going to discover God is giver, and then it becomes, I become a giver. Now here's some of the, whoops, Scriptures. You may have to write them down fast. I'll keep them up there a little bit. The first one we just talked about is John three sixteen. He gave his son. Psalms twenty nine eleven says he gives strength. Anybody need strength? I love James chapter one five. He gives wisdom generously without finding fault. <laughs> Anybody need any wisdom for their life? 1 John one nine says he gives forgiveness. Anybody glad he gives forgiveness? I'm talking, is anybody glad? Yes. Anybody glad for the blood of Jesus? We drank grape juice. We drank grape juice that represented the blood of Jesus that removes our sin. That if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive them, remove them. Mm-hmm. He gives forgiveness. He also gives grace and glory. Woo! Psalms 37:4, Psalms 84, 11. He gives what is good. He doesn't give what is bad. That shooting out in Connecticut wasn't God. Can I have an amen on that? Matthew twenty-five fifteen. He gives us money and talents. Woo! Anybody got any money and talents? First Peter two thirteen. He gives us positions of authority and leadership. All authority. Is given by God is what Peter says. How God gives. He gives us daily bread. Mark six forty-one. John one twelve, he gave us the right to become children of God. <laughs> Luke nine one, he gives us power and authority. That scripture's in context of driving out demons. Mark 16, 17, he gives us more power and more authority. These signs shall follow those who believe. They shall. Matthew 28, 18 is the great commission. He gives us commands. He commands you and I to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey the Lord. He gives us commands. But here's what I want to say. How God gives is God gives, can everybody say, extravagantly? (laughs) James 1, 17 through 18. I love this passage. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting shadows? He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. He wants you to be a first fruit. He wants you to be a giver, to be a first fruit of giving. God is a giver. Say it again. He takes pleasure in giving. He is never stingy or a Scrooge. Can I have an amen on that? God is an extravagant giver. giver. Giving is not only something God does, but it is who he is. It is who he is. Now, how do you think that should affect our lives? If I understand, and one of the things even Mike's texted me not too long ago was, uh, God is not stressed out. He, he was going from the, 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 you know, we were talking about the character of God and who God is. He sent me a text and said, God is not, is how he's speaking to me. He said, God is not um, stressed out. And so what God was speaking to him was, if God's not stressed out, and that's who he is, then I don't need to be stressed out. When, when chaos comes my way, I do not have to get, have a drama fest. I do not have to get stressed out and allow chaos to surround me in my home. I don't have to have a tizzy fit. Got any drama queens in here? This is for you today. God's not stressed out, and if you want to reflect his glory, you do not have to stress out and have a panic attack. Cool? But the other thing was is God is not a Scrooge, he said. God is not tight with his money. God is not tight with his giving. God is not a Scrooge. He's a giver. So how this should affect our lives. Here's what God began to speak to my heart. Knowing that God is a giver should cause us to approach him in confidence. What did the Bible say when it said, how is it? That you as natural fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. What more than your heavenly father who loves you more, is he not going to give you good gifts? That's paraphrased by Eric. I mean, I know how to give good gifts. Now, I didn't do a good job with Joel this Christmas season. But I do know how to give good gifts. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't quite get what he needed or wanted. He got a lot of food. We thought he liked food. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. College students don't they like food? Yeah. We didn't. We didn't do as well in getting the right gifts for him this year. Sorry, Joel. He's out of the room now, so that's good. But I know how to give good gifts to my children. Don't you guys? How much more than God? But if we know God as giver, we should be able to approach him in confidence. We can be assured that his heart is to give. Even when Paul prayed in Ephesians 1.17, he said, and he prayed, he said, God that God would give them a spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation to know him more. What could be greater for us today than to know God more? Yeah, to know him as giver, to know that he is giving. It's who he is. So, knowing that God is a giver should cause us to approach him in confidence. We can be assured that his heart is to give to you. He is not rejecting you. Say, he's not rejecting me. Because see, a spirit of rejection says he doesn't want to give to me. A spirit of rejection says he's not after my best interest. A spirit of rejection says God is mad at me. God is discouraged with me. Is that not what it says? But when you see God as he is, and I, I don't know why God had me share this one first, because I really thought that we've been adopted is, is, is a higher thing that we needed to do, but he kept going to this thing of giving. Everybody say, he is for me. Is for God is for me. He wants to give. And please don't see that as just money, please. God, don't see, please don't, dear Jesus, don't, please don't see it as just money. Money is just a small part of God as giver. I mean, we went through that whole list of he gives strength, he gives forgiveness, he gives, I mean, one scripture I showed you on he gives us money and talents. Okay. Bear with me. How should this affect me? Here's the big one. When we get a revelation of God as a giving God, it should make us giving people. And my question to you is right there. Are you a giver or a taker? Did anybody see yesterday's paper? Did you see what happened at Subway? Cash mob at Subway. Sandy Morgan has worked in the restaurant business for 15 years, but she's never seen anything like what happened Saturday. For about one hour. During the dinner rush, every single customer who used to drive up at Newcastle Subway Sandwich Shop paid the bill for the person behind him. That amounts to about 30 to 35 customers. Everybody who was here was just kind of stunned that it happened. That's in the restaurant. It wasn't a flash mob exactly, but more like a cash mob. Then when the last two customers came through during the rush period, one said there was no one, oh, got to go to the other, no one behind them, oh, I didn't get the second page, no one was behind them, so they left $8 for the next person that came through, and so then that person, there was nobody after them, so then they left $13 for the last person. But the giving spirit went all the way through for a whole hour. Can you imagine being at Subway and being the drive-up gal? What happened in Newcastle? I say, prophesy over the city. This city shall be a giving city. What would church look like if we actually started giving this attention and we were givers and not takers? But the, really, the question is if I really get a revelation of who God is and He is a giver, it will change me. Do people experience you as a giver? Are you noted as a giver among your family? Are you a giver at work? Or are you working very hard to get out of work? Do you do everything you can at work to help other people and give of yourself? Or are you trying to get everybody to help you? What about your family over Christmas? Were you a giver? How about, are you a giver at church? The national average is that 3% of the body of Christ tithes. And I will say, We're above that, but we ain't very good. I'll be honest with you. Can you imagine, though, the national average is 3% of Christians? Isn't that sad? And we wonder why our nation's going to, you know what, in a handbasket? Give, and it shall be given to you pressed down, shaking together, and running over shall be poured into your lap. Now, I realize that that scripture there is in context of forgiving, but it still is a spiritual law. That is a spiritual law of, yes, if I give forgiveness, I will receive forgiveness. But it's about giving. It's about as as I am a giver, it comes back to me. Not because I'm doing it for it to come back to me. It's just a spiritual law. And so as God gave his son away and he gave control of his son away and he did this with this adventure, this exciting, this this dangerous love and this romantic thing that he did, he ends up getting back sons and daughters. When he gave his son away, he got more. More. He got all you crazy loons that he really adores. That he really thinks your greatest thing since sliced bread, cottage cheese, Chevrolet, and whatever, everything else you say. <laughs> Apple pie and Chevrolet, that's what it is, right? Are you a giver? If you're not, it's probably because you don't have a revelation of how extravagant God is as, his, as a giver. Or you have fear. Maybe a spirit of fear has tormented you, and you have such a fear of lack that that fear of lack keeps you from helping someone else. Or maybe you're just selfish and make it all about you. I know a lot of people who are givers. And I know a lot of people who are takers. How about you, don't you? But the Holy Spirit wants to ask you right now, just close your eyes if you would with me. Would you ask the Lord right now, God, am I a giver or am I a taker? And once you hear that answer, If you're like me, as I've been meditating on God as giver, I've realized that I've been a giver, but there's areas of my life where I'm stingy. I can be stingy with my time, my family. There's areas where I justify not giving because I think of something else or this or that. And so today God required me to give extravagantly into the offering as a prophetic seed that I was going to allow God to make me an extravagant giver. One who would reflect the beauty and the glory of His gifted, and who He is. And I planted that seed today making declaration, and really in repentance saying, God, forgive me for the areas where I've not been a giver. But I said, Lord, i got to know your glory. I want to see you as giver. And right now I just pray, every one of us, I don't care how mature you are in your walk with God, there's an area where you don't see God as the giver that he is. And he's wanting to give you a revelation of his extravagant, outrageous, bodacious, extravagant giving and the nature of who he is. And so I take us back to John 3.16 today. For God so loved he gave. If you understand God's love, you will be a giver. You will be a giver where there's no strings attached. And so I'm asking you right now, this is not a down message. I tell you, we're moving into 2013. We are right now, we are $5,000 away from paying off this building. But I believe it's that because God's wanting to make us bigger givers. Because there's something he's wanting us to do in the community, but we have to have a revelation of who he is. And he's a revelation, the revelation of who he is. He is a giver. But how is he wanting to change your heart? Would you do inventory right now? Are you stingy? Are you a Scrooge when it comes to helping people? You know, I was convicted about going and helping people shovel out snow. (laughs) See, we can give of our talents. It doesn't have to be money. I was convicted by the Spirit of God. Who are you going to go help when it comes to shoveling out snow? It can be your money. It can be your stuff. It can be your time. But ultimately, God is wanting you. You are the affection of his heart. You are the one he loves. And he is a giver. And how are you going to reflect that glory? How are you going to reflect that glory? Holy Spirit, deal with our hearts, and Lord, I pray that you would draw us to your side. God, I pray that you would release the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we might know you as giver, that we might meditate on your word, that we might chew and we might get in the word as we've looked at today, and meditate and pray and seek your faith because God, we want to discover your character of who you really are. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So, (laughs) what is the Lord asking you to do? I really want to take you to a decision today. I really want to take you to a place where you make a decision to do something with this to plant a seed, to give of yourself today, to make a prophetic statement that, you know what, God, I am going to change this year to become a giver. What's it going to be for you? I'm going to leave with you with this passage before we leave out of Matthew 13 its verses 45 and 46 and Jesus is speaking and he says the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls when he found one of great value he went away and he sold everything that he had and he bought that pearl <laughs> the merchant is God, and you are the pearl. And I'm going to read it again. The merchant is God. You are the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant, God. He's looking for a fine pearl. And when he found one of great value, you, he went away and he sold everything that he had. And he bought you. Jesus gave it all. He found the great pearl of great price, and it was us. And so he sent his only begotten son to the earth, and he allowed his son to be sacrificed, and he gave his son to you at no cost. That while we were sinners, he died for us because you were the great pearl. And in so doing, God created a kingdom of sons and daughters through the one son that he sacrificed. He got the pearl. He got you. And I pray today that you see the love of God today. That God being his love makes him a giver. And because he gives, he loves. And because he loves, he gives. And because he gives, he loves. And he gives it all. And he wants you to give it all. Will you give your life away today? Will you give your stuff away and just transfer ownership to him? And just say, God, I give you my whole life. I give it all to you. You can have my stuff. Because you're the one that gave it in the first place. So make a commitment to Christ today. As we close the service, maybe there's someone here today, maybe you've not made that commitment to Christ, and you need to say, yes, yes, today, the last Sunday of 2012, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to give it all away, just as he gave it all away for me. I'm going to become the pearl, the one that he found, and he gave it all for me. I'll lead you. I'll help you. I'll pray with you this morning. but give it all. Give your life to Christ and you will receive more than you'll ever dream or imagine. Father, as we leave today, God, I ask that you would move on our hearts, that God, we would make a decision for you. We would make a decision to become givers. And God, we thank you. We thank you for Christ. And we thank you for the gift of salvation through him. And Lord, I just pray you'd bless your people to be givers this week and this year as never before. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. May God bless you as you leave today. Uh, If there's someone here, again, if you have not made a commitment to Christ, please let me help you today. As people leave, you can come up and talk with me. I'll not embarrass you. But we will definitely lead you to the one we've been talking about all day. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. We'll see you next next year. <laughs> Amen.